Chapter Three of A Book of Bargains. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Annalisa Bodker. A Book of Bargains by Vincent O'Sullivan. The Business of Madame Jeanne how we all stared how frightened we all were how we passed opinions on that morning when gustav herbot was found swinging by the neck from the ceiling of his bedroom the whole faubourg even the ancient folk who had not felt a street under them for years turned out and stood gaping at the house with amazement and loud conjecture for why should gustav herbot of all men take to the rope only last week he had inherited all the money of his aunt madame jeanne together with her house and the shop with the five assistants and life looked fair enough for him no clearly it was not wise of gustav to hang himself besides his aunt's death had happened at a time when gustav was in sore straits for money to be sure he had his salary from the bank in which he worked but what is a mere salary to one who like gustav threw off the clerkly habit when working hours were over to assume the dress and lounge of the accustomed boulevardier while he would relate to obsequious friends vague but satisfactory stories of a russian prince who was his uncle and of an extremely rich english lady to whose death he looked forward with hope alas with a clerk's salary one cannot make much of a figure in paris it took all of that and more to maintain the renown he had gained amongst his acquaintance of having to his own a certain little lady with yellow hair who danced divinely so he was forced to depend on the presents which madame jeanne gave him from time to time and for those presents he had to pay his aunt a most sedulous and irksome attention at times when he was almost sick from his craving for the boulevard the cafe the theatre he would have to repair as the day grew to an end to our faubourg and the house behind the shop where he would sit to an old-fashioned supper with his aunt and listened with a sort of dull impatience while she asked him when he had last been at confession and told him long dreary stories of his dead father and mother punctually at nine o'clock the deaf servant who was the only person besides madame jeanne that lived in the house would let in the old fat priest who came for his game of dominoes and betake herself to bed then the dominoes would begin and with them the old man's prattle which gustav knew so well about his daily work about the uselessness of all things here on earth and the happiness and glory of the kingdom of heaven and of course our boulevardier noticed with the usual cheap sneer of the modern that whilst the priest talked of the kingdom of heaven he yet shewed the greatest anxiety if he had the symptoms of a cold or any other petty malady however gustav would sit there 
with a hypocrite's grin and inwardly raging till the clock chimed eleven at that hour madame jeanne would rise and if she was pleased with her nephew would go over to her writing-desk and give him with a rather pretty air of concealment from the priest perhaps fifty or a hundred francs whereupon gustave would bid her a manifestly affectionate good-night and depart in the company of the priest as soon as he could get rid of the priest he would hasten to his favourite cafes to discover that all the people worth seeing had long since grown tired of waiting and had departed on their own affairs the money indeed was a kind of consolation but then there were nights when he did not get a sou ah they amuse themselves in paris but not in this way this is not amusing one cannot live a proper life upon a salary and an occasional gift of fifty or a hundred francs and it is not entertaining to tell men that your uncle the prince at moscow is in a sorry case and even now lies a-dying or that the rich english lady is in the grip of a vile consumption and is momentarily expected to succumb if these men only shove up their shoulders wink at one another and continue to present their bills further the little mademoiselle with the yellow hair had lately shewn signs of a very pretty temper because her usual flowers and bonbons were not apparent so since things were come to this dismal pass gustave fell to attending the race meetings at chantilly during the first week gustave won largely for that is sometimes the way with ignorant men during that week too the little mademoiselle was charming for she had her bouquets and boxes of bonbons but the next week gustave lost heavily for that is also very often the way with ignorant men and he was thrown into the blackest despair when one night at a place where he was used to sup mademoiselle took the arm of a great fellow whom he much suspected to be a german and tossed him a little scornful nod as she went off on the evening after this had happened he was standing between five and six o'clock in the place de la madeleine blowing on his fingers and trying to plan his next move when he heard his name called by a familiar voice and turned to face his aunt's adviser the priest augustoff my friend i have just been to see a colleague of mine here cried the old man pointing to the great church and are you going to your good aunt to-night he added with a look at gustav's neat dress gustav was in a flame that the priest should have detected him in his gay clothes for he had always made a point of appearing at madame jeanne's clad stately in black but he answered pleasantly enough no my father i am afraid i can't to-night you see i'm a little behind with my office work and i have to stay at home and catch up well well said the priest with half a sigh i suppose young men will always be the same i myself can only be with her till nine o'clock to-night because i must see a sick parishioner but let me give you one bit of advice my friend he went on taking hold of a button on gustav's coat don't neglect your aunt for mark my words 
one day everything of madame jean's will be yours and the omnibus he was waiting for happened to swing by at that moment he departed without another word gustave strolled along the boulevard de capuchines in a study yes it was certain that the house and the shop with the five assistants would one day be his for the priest knew all his aunt's affairs but how soon would they be his madame jean was now hardly sixty her mother had lived to be ninety when she was ninety he would be and meanwhile what about the numerous bills what above all about the little lady with yellow hair he paused and struck his heel on the pavement with such force that two men passing nudged one another and smiled then he made certain purchases and set about wasting time till nine o'clock it is curious to consider that although when he started out at nine o'clock gustav was perfectly clear as to what he meant to do yet he was chiefly troubled by the fear that the priest had told his aunt about his fine clothes but when he had passed through the deserted faubourg and had come to the house behind the shop he found his aunt only very pleased to see him and a little surprised so he sat with her and listened to her gentle homely stories and told lies about himself and his manner of life till the clock struck eleven then he rose and madame jean rose too and went to her writing-desk and opened a small drawer you have been very kind to a lonely old woman to-night my gustave said madame jean smiling how sweet of you to say that dearest aunt replied gustave he went over and passed his arm caressingly across her shoulders and stabbed her in the heart for a full five minutes after the murder he stood still as men often do in a great crisis when they know that any movement means decisive action then he started laid hold of his hat and made for the door but there the stinging knowledge of his crime came to him for the first time and he turned back into the room madame jean's bedroom candle was on a table he lit it and passed through a door which led from the house into the shop crouching below the counters covered with white sheets lest a streak of light on the windows might attract the observation of some passenger he proceeded to a side entrance to the shop unbarred and unlocked the door and put the key in his pocket then in the same crouching way he returned to the room and started to ransack the small drawer the notes he scattered about the floor but two small bags of coin went into his coat then he took the candle and dropped some wax on the face and hands and dress of the corpse he spilt wax too over the carpet and then he broke the candle and ground it under his foot he even tore with long nervous fingers at the dead woman's bodice till her breast lay exposed and plucked out a handful of her hair and threw it on the floor to stick to the wax when all these things had been accomplished he went to the house door and listened the faubourg is always very quiet about twelve o'clock and a single footstep falls on the night with a great sound he could not hear the least noise 
so he darted out and ran lightly till he came to a turning there he fell into a sauntering walk lit a cigarette and hailing a passing fiacre directed the man to drive to the pont saint michel at the bridge he alighted and noting that he was not eyed he threw the key of the shop into the river then assuming the swagger and assurance of a half-drunken man he marched up the boulevard and entered the cafe d'arcourt the place was filled with the usual crowd of men and women of the quartier latin gustave looked round and observing a young student with a flushed face who was talking eagerly about the rights of man he sat down by him it was his part to act quickly so before the student had quite finished a sentence for his ear the murderer gave him the lie the student however was not so ready for a fight as gustav had supposed and when he began to argue again gustav seized a glass full of brandy and water and threw the stuff in his face then indeed there was a row till the gendarmes interfered and hailed gustav to the station at the police station he bitterly lamented his misdeed which he attributed to an extra glass of absinthe and he begged the authorities to carry word of his plight to his good aunt madame jeanne in our faubourg so to the house behind the shop they went and there they found her sitting with her breasts hanging out her poor head clotted with blood and a knife in her heart the next morning gustav was set free a man and a woman two of the five assistants in the shop had been charged with the murder the woman had been severely reprimanded by madame jeanne on the day before and the man was known to be the girl's paramour it was the duty of the man to close at night all the entrances into the shop save the main entrance which was closed by madame jeanne and her deaf servant and the police had formed a theory worked out with the amazing zeal and skill which caused the paris police to so often overreach themselves that the man had failed to bolt one of the side doors and had by subtlety got possession of the key whereby he and his accomplice re-entered the place about midnight working on this theory the police had woven a web round the two unfortunates with threads of steel and there was little doubt that both of them would stretch their necks under the guillotine with full consent of press and public at least this was gustav's opinion and gustav's opinion now went for a great deal in the faubourg of course there were a few who murmured that it was a good thing poor madame jeanne had not lived to see her nephew arrested for a drunken brawler but with full remembrance of who owned the house and shop we were most of us inclined to say after the priest that if the brave gustav had been with his aunt the shocking affair could never have occurred and indeed what had we more inspiring than the inconsolable grief he shewed why on the day of the funeral when he heard the earth clatter down on the coffin lid in pere lachaise he even swooned to the ground and had to be carried out of the midst of the mourners oh yes quoth the gossips gustav herbert loved his aunt passing well on the night after the funeral gustav was sitting alone before the fire in madame jeanne's room 
smoking and making his plans he thought that when all this wretched mock grief and pretense of decorum was over he would again visit the cafes which he greatly savoured and the little mademoiselle with yellow hair would once more smile on him delicious smiles with a gleaming regard thus he was thinking when the clock on the mantelpiece tinkled eleven and at that moment a very singular thing happened the door was suddenly opened a girl came in walked straight over to the writing desk pulled out the small drawer and then sat staring at the man by the fire she was distinctly beautiful although there was a certain old-fashionedness in her peculiar silken dress and the manner of wearing her hair not once did it occur to gustav as he gazed in terror that he was gazing on a mortal woman the doors were too well bolted to allow anyone from outside to enter and besides there was a strange baffling familiarity in the face and mien of the intruder it might have been an hour that he sat there and then the silence becoming too horrible by a supreme effort of his wonderful courage he rushed out of the room and upstairs to get his hat there in his murdered aunt's bedroom there smiling at him from the wall was a vivid presentiment of the dread vision that sat below a portrait of madame jeanne as a young girl he fled into the street and walked perhaps two miles before he thought at all but when he did think he found that he was drawn against his will back to the house to see if it was still there just as the police here believe a murderer is drawn to the morgue to view the body of his victim yes the girl was there still with her great reproachless eyes and throughout that solemn night gustav haggard and mute sat glaring at her towards dawn he fell into an uneasy doze and when he awoke with a scream he found that the girl was gone at noon the next day gustav heartened by several glasses of brandy and cheered by the sunshine in the champs elysees endeavoured to make light of the affair he would gladly have arranged not to go back to the house but then people would talk so much and he could not afford to lose any custom out of the shop moreover the whole matter was only an hallucination the effect of jaded nerves he dined well and went to see a musical comedy and so contrived that he did not return to the house till after two o'clock there was some one waiting for him sitting at the desk with the small drawer open not the girl of last night but a somewhat older woman and the same reproachless eyes so great was the fascination of those eyes that although he left the house at once with an iron resolution not to go back he found himself drawn under them again and he sat through that night as he had sat through the night before sobbing and stupidly glaring and all day long he crouched by the fire shuddering and all the night till eleven o'clock and then a figure of his aunt came to him again but always a little older and more withered 
and this went on for five days the figure that sat with him becoming older and older as the days ran till on the sixth night he gazed through the hours at his aunt as she was on the night he killed her on these nights he was used sometimes to start up and make for the street swearing never to return but always he would be dragged back to the eyes policemen came to know him from these night walks and people began to notice his bad looks these could not spring from grief folk said and so they thought he was leading a wild life on the seventh night there was a delay of about five minutes after the clock had rung eleven before the door opened and then then merciful god the body of a woman in grave clothes came into the room as if borne by unseen men and lay in the air across the writing-desk while the small drawer flew open of its own accord yes there was the shroud of the brown scapular the prim white cap the hands folded on the shrunken breast gray from slimy horror gustav raised himself up and went over to look for the eyes when he saw them pressed down with pennies he reeled back and vomited into the grate and blind and sick and loathing he stumbled upstairs but as he passed by madame jean's bedroom the corpse came out to meet him with the eyes closed and the pennies pressing them down then at last reeking and dabbled with sweat with his tongue lolling out and the spittle running down his beard gustav breathed are you alive no no wailed the thing with a burst of awful weeping i have been dead many days end of the business of madame jean recording by annalisa bodker